Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. If you're anything like me, dental insurance isn't something you think about a lot. However, when the unexpected happens, it can help you avoid a costly dentist bill. Spirit Dental and Vision has dental plans that offer affordable rates and no waiting periods for major services. That means you can get coverage for major services like dental implants, crowns, and bridges right away instead of waiting months for your coverage to kick in. Spirit makes it easy to find the dental plan that's right for you. With other plans, you could run into high deductibles, long waiting periods, and expensive procedures might not even be covered. Plus, for a limited time, Spirit is waiving the $25 application fee. Just use promo code SPIRIT2020 at checkout. If you're looking for dental coverage made easy, visit spiritdental.com slash pod to gain a little peace of mind. That's spiritdental.com slash pod to get a quote in about 60 seconds. Spiritdental.com slash pod. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 18 of what used to be called Hoop Dreams. Like we mentioned last episode, we are rebranding and we are now known as the For the Love of the Game podcast, a more sports-oriented podcast that focuses on all sports and sports betting as well. We have a jam-packed show for you guys today. We are breaking down the half-a-billion-dollar contract that Patrick Mahomes just signed. We're talking more NBA bubble with players coming out, making their decisions on if they're going or not. We also get into a little bit of golf. Bryson DeChambeau this week had some tough comments for a TV cameraman. Is he being just a little bitch or is he complaining too much? Give our thoughts on that. And also we break down some gambling sides of golf as well. And of course we break down NBA lines. We got our first NBA lines for the games that start on July 30th. So we break those two games down and we get into a lot of stuff. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Sit back and stay tuned because here it comes. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome into um, the first episode of uh, For the Love of the Game. Uh, this is episode, technically episode 18. Um, as we talked about last week on the podcast, we are rebranding a little bit, so we do have a new show name. We are no longer Hoop Dreams. Um, we're going to be called For the Love of the Game. And like we said last week, we're going to be uh, geared towards uh, more all-around sports podcast, talking about all sports and, of course, sports gambling as well. Um, basically came up with the name uh, For the Love of the Game because uh, it's basically the reason why Steve and I do this. We love sports. We love sports betting. 
Um, and we, we love bringing you, uh, content each and every week, um, and talking about these different topics and everything like that. So, um, joining me as always, I got my guy, Steve Lewis. What's going on, Steve? How's your day going today? It's going great, Mark. And speaking of sports, but look at the house that you were able to buy with all the sports bets. Look at that piano. <laughs> look at that piano that you, you like that, that with all, all the money I've won during sports, <laughs> doing sports look at, betting. Look at that house. I mean, like Dude, that's a grand piano. Look at that fireplace. Like must that be a, real good for right, you. That's like a sectional back there. I'm still trying. I'm still trying. Dude. I'm out here grinding just like the, all, all of us like little guys out there. But, you know, you with the grand piano in the background. Good for you. Shout out. <laughs> Dude, it's the wonders. What wonders a green screen can do for you, right? Uh, <laughs> well, let's not Go forget, you just, you just turned 32. So happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank like, you, brother. I appreciate that. that. I always, you know, it's always the 4th of July and then it's always Mark's birthday. That's always how I remembered it growing up. So, you know, that's a good way to remember friends' birthdays. Because after a while, like I always used to make fun of, <laughs> I always used to make fun of our buddy for forgetting birthdays. But I guess like when certain people don't have birthdays around like big events, it's kind of hard to remember per- people's birthdays after a while. So you with the 4th of July, that kind of always resonated with me. Dude, speaking of that buddy, he shot me a birthday text yesterday. Oh, yeah. Believe it or not. I mean, it was later in the day, but he did. That's, I mean, that is awesome. It was, sh- it was shocking. I got it, but I was like, I was kind of pumped. I, that's was like, the best, I, was, I didn't know how to feel. Like, I was like, oh, am I special? Am I, like, what's going on? The one thing that I, I've always known about him is like, we always got better and better as the years went on. Like, sometimes it was always a week late. Now we're five days. Now we're three days. If we get closer and closer every year and he gets a little closer to the day, hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate the effort. So, you know. <laughs> Definitely. So I wanted to start out, Steve, by talking about uh, obviously the big news um, over the 4th of July weekend. Um, and yesterday was the deal um, for Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City Chiefs um, it is a 10-year deal worth $503 million dollars. It is the first ever half a billion dollar contract in any sport, highest contract in any sport. Um, at first, kind of rapid reaction on it. My first reaction was, um, if, if this guy stays healthy, this is obviously money well spent. He's worth every penny. He's clearly the best football player, not just quarterback. He's the best football player in the NFL. Won a Super Bowl last year. I think he's on his way to multiple Super Bowls, um, and I think it's a really good deal for the Chiefs and obviously for Mahomes as well. What was kind of your first thoughts on on everything once you saw the deal happen? Well, obviously the numbers are eye popping, right? You see four hundred fifty five million dollars, and you see ten years, and you say, "Wow!" And especially in a sport like the National Football League, you say that's a hell of a contract for that sport. But then, like any contract, you know that you have to kind of read in between the lines and kind of break it open and see like what the incentives are how they break down the structures per year and how they go from there. So once you get into it and you kind of say from yourself, well, at first I was like, well, Patty Mahomes got paid because most of these guaranteed contracts that come out with these, uh, these quarterbacks, like substantially, like they're getting like 50 to 60% guaranteed money. So when I found out that he only got like $140 million up front, which is a, still the same amount of money. Don't get me wrong. I started like looking a little bit more into like how the contract was based. Now, for guys that get max contracts in the National Football League or contracts over $25 million a year, he's only getting up front 31% of his contract. Now, obviously, his contract is huge, so he's getting a good chunk of money. But compared to everybody that makes over $25 million a year, that ranks last. So that was mm-hmm. kind of an astounding fact that I took away from it at first. And the other thing that we take away from it, now, this is a contract extension on top of the two years. So this is going to be a 12-year deal. 
And what we've learned about the NFL market is they have a four-year four-year window with the CBA. And the thing that we've seen with Dak Prescott is like he wanted to have a four-year contract because they want to be able to renegotiate. They don't want to have that fifth year, so they get locked in and they miss that window. Now you see what Patrick Mahomes has set the number. We obviously know that once the number is set with contracts, contracts are basically imaginary these days. They just keep getting higher and higher and higher. So it's a good deal for the Chiefs. Obviously, I mean, they bring home their first Super Bowl in their franchise history. So obviously that had to do a lot with it. They weren't going to let that guy go anywhere. And for, mm-hmm. for Patrick Mahomes getting a $140 million injury guarantee right, up, right off the jump, it signifies, well, I got a stable income. <laughs> I'm pretty comfortable for the rest of my life. So that's good. And when you delve into it deeper, you say to yourself, well, if push comes to shove three, four years, five years down the line and something drastically happens to him and that hurts him the chiefs can cut bait with him but if he wants to stick around and he wants to play the tenure in his contract that contract kind of allows the chiefs to still keep a competitive roster around him in the coming years ahead so it kind of shows that patrick mahomes is kind of all in for the franchise and that kind of says a lot about him as a person so i think both sides win yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, I think both sides win. I think it shows a lot about Patrick Mahomes and who he is as a person. It shows that he's obviously dedicated to the Chiefs. He wants to be a Chief uh, for the rest of his career. Um, I think that injury guarantee that you had mentioned is huge because his big thing in this deal was he wanted to set up his family long term financially. So he was talking about generations to come, you know, his children his children's children, so his grandkids, you know, so on and so forth down the line, you know, and at least even if he gets hurt, he's still got that big guarantee coming in um, with that injury guarantee. Uh, but Mahomes has been known to be a uh, healthy um, player. He hasn't really been hurt that much. He's taking care of his body. Um, he's done really well, especially for his uh, traits on the field. Obviously, he scrambles and things like that, but he's been very, very smart and taking care of his body. So it's definitely – Good for the Chiefs to invest in this guy, obviously, being the NFL's best player. Um, And then, like you said about Dak Prescott and these other quarterbacks that are going to be up for extensions, the Deshaun Watsons, um, Dak Prescott, obviously, Lamar Jackson, um, all these guys just kind of resets the market or the quarterback market uh, for these guys. Um, And one of my biggest takeaways, too, is like, I'd love to be at the, the negotiating table for Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien when they negotiate a contract or the, the next contract. Because as we know, Bill O'Brien, I mean, he's the guy who got rid of uh, arguably the best wide receiver in, in the NFL, and he's really a tough negotiator. So um, how do you think this sets up for those guys uh, going forward when they're due for a new deal? Well, just to go back with the injury thing, I mean, we watched Patrick Mahomes dislocate basically a kneecap this year. He missed three to four weeks, which was obviously a quick recovery coming from what they thought how long he was going to be out and not only that he was able to get back on the field and lead kansas city to a super bowl so we're talking about a guy that won the mvp last year and then turned around and took his team back to the uh, took his team to the super bowl and won it this year so i think patrick mahomes is definitely in a way different class than dak prescott and Deshaun watson right now so we can say that the numbers can kind of help those guys at the negotiating table but those guys aren't worth $45 million. Let's be realistic in this fashion. Now, Dak signed his franchise tender. I think they have, what, two or three more days to get uh, an extension done if they want to get it this. If they want to get it done. He makes $35 yeah. million. Basically, all it did was if the Cowboys don't want to sign the extent, uh, give him the extension, and they go to the franchise tender next year, 
that means he's allowed to make $37 million. Now, if he's able to make $37 million, I basically think that's the benchmark that Dak is looking at at that point, $37, $38 million. The big holdup, though, is I think Dak loses because, like we said, Dak really just wanted that four-year deal and being able to get out so he could restructure that contract. And I think that Dallas is now going to win in the contract negotiation part because Dak's going to get his money, but they're going yeah. to give him that, make him take those five years, whether he likes it or not. And if he doesn't like it or not, well, then he's going to get franchised again. And they're not going to really feel bad about it because they're still going to pay him the same amount of money that they were going to pay him anyways, which is going to be the 37 or $38 million. As mm-hmm. far as Deshaun Watson goes, I mean, yeah, very, very good, talented player. But like I said, like he's still got a lot of work to do on the football field, too. I think this was the first year that he got his team to the playoffs, got him to the divisional round. Obviously, they blew that big lead. He can't do anything about the defensive side of the football. That's on him. But his projection shows that, yes, he's a very good talent. And the way the quarterback position goes, I think we see Russell Wilson at $35 million right now. Um, so we're saying the top-tier quarterbacks making around that amount of money. I think yep. those guys are definitely in the driver's seat to be able to at least – scratch the surface of 36 37 million dollars um but yeah i think mahomes kind of helped everybody out in the money aspect of it but with the contract extension and the length i think he kind of hurt them in the, the t- also yeah i agree with that and uh one question before we get off mahomes i kind of wanted to, to talk about a little bit was how do you see it uh playing out in this the next 12 years, obviously two years left on the deal and the 10 year extension. Obviously he's got one Super Bowl. He's got an NFL MVP um, going forward. Uh, is this a guy you could see maybe catching the likes of a Tom Brady um, getting six Super Bowl championships? If he's stick, obviously he's sticking there with Andy Reid. If Andy Reid stays in place, like they, they keep that same uh, team uh, wrapped. They have so much talent with Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill. Um, all these talented players around him. Could you see him kind of getting a bunch of Super Bowls and and getting up to that Tom Brady level, um, or you think eventually kind of kind of fades out towards the end of that contract? I think we'll know in the next five years, right? If he's able to yeah. get two Super Bowls in the next five years, he's on the right track. I'm still not an Andy Reid believer, so yeah. I think that Patrick Mahomes was more about that Super Bowl than Andy Reid was because. Patrick and let's Reed be honest, was, the 49ers blew that Super Bowl. Right. Yes, I, I do. I, I mean, do believe 10 that point, that, 10 point lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, I mean, we can go back to that game. It is what it is. But <laughs> I mean, Kansas, Kansas City is going to be definitely a very good team. If Patrick Mahomes can stay upright. Yeah, I mean, the talent yeah. show talent speaks for himself. I think we all have eyeballs. He's able to do things that no quarterbacks, mainly with the sidearm throws getting in the rushing attempts like the, the arm strength, you know, and like you said, the durability, I think the most important thing that we saw this year was him being able to get back on the field and not only get back on the field, but be able to lead them to the Super Bowl after an injury like that. So obviously we, if we take injuries off the table, yeah, if he stays healthy, I think he, he would be able to do it, but man, 10, 12 years is a long time for yeah. an NFL career. But as we can see going on, we see a lot of quarterbacks right now, that are playing 35, 36 years that are still playing in the league right now. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. How about, for the, how about for the present, like like the now, like the way the league is landscaped right now in the AFC, you obviously have Kansas City as, as the favorite. Baltimore is going to be there again, even though Lamar Jackson really hasn't shown he can win in the playoffs yet. But he's still young. Uh, the Patriots obviously signing Cam Newton is huge for them. Uh, expect them to be there at the end. And then, and the NFC, um, the Niners, uh, the Seahawks, teams like that should be there. Tampa Bay, um, obviously with all the weapons that they had signing Tom Brady, uh, with all the weapons that he has around him, if that offensive line can keep Brady upright, 
He's going to pick defenses apart all year. I wouldn't be shocking to see Tampa Bay in a Super Bowl this year. Um, do you think that Kansas City is the best team in the NFL currently? Uh, do you think they kind of walk through the AFC, or do you think some of those teams like Baltimore and New England and then eventually can um, in the NFC like the Niners maybe or Tampa Bay would give them a run for their money going forward? Is it kind of like Kansas City is just a clear-cut favorite? They're defending Super Bowl champion. I mean, they they have the clear track right now. I think this year is a little different for everybody. We'll see. We we clearly know how big their home home field is. So them not having a home stadium, that could be a little bit of an indictment. But from a talent standpoint, their offense is going to be clicking on on all cylinders. Their defense is still suspect, though. Their defense has to be able to go out there and do what they need to do. If they can't, you know, anybody can beat them. I mean, they had to overcome two huge deficits in the playoffs. Just to be able to get three huge deficits in the playoffs, I, forget, I keep forgetting about the Super Bowl, but they had to keep doing that to be able to overcome what they did, and like that's not going to be able to work all the time. So, I mean, like you said, like Baltimore's on the come up, the Patriots are still there, the national nightmare is still there. Don't forget about them, you know. So, and the NFC is going to be rocking. So, but in all honesty, I still believe that the the new uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are definitely the front runners. Awesome. All right. Next topic, man, I want to get into is we touched on it a little bit last week, um, but it is a bunch of the players in the NBA that are opting out to miss the NBA bubble due to um, obvious reasons, uh, most notably the coronavirus. Um, so we had two other uh, big key players make decisions recently, um, one being Dwight Howard of the Los Angeles Lakers, who was on the fence about going down to the bubble, who has said that he's going to commit and go and join the Lakers down there. Then we had another player in Bradley Beal who decided that he is not going to go and he cites a shoulder um, injury um, as to the reason why he's not going. Uh, (laughs) um, And I just, you know, I'm just going to start this one, Steve. You know, I'll start with Dwight. Uh, Dwight, I think, made a great choice um, in going down there. Um, As long as he feels comfortable and he thinks the NBA put in place a good plan in order to keep them safe and healthy, um, he definitely made a right choice. He was big on the social issues that are going on and, you know, how the NBA would be and if he would um, be able to have a voice down there. And and it looks like the NBA is going to do things where, like, they're going to have Black Lives Matter on the court and all certain messages. I think they might be doing something with the jerseys. So I think that might have played a little bit in Dwight going down there. But strictly basketball-wise, he's a huge part of that Lakers team. Um, and they obviously have a chance at winning a championship, which Dwight doesn't have yet. Um, so I think he's a huge piece, and I think he helps the Lakers uh, going forward. Um, and as far as Bradley Beal's concerned, I just don't believe that he's hurt. Like, I don't believe that he has a shoulder injury. It, it's more so like I get if you don't want to be away from your family for three months, and I get that if you're nervous about getting sick because of the coronavirus. But if that was the case, I think he would just state that because nobody would fault him for not going if he just said something like that. But this shoulder injury, he had no signs of it pre-lockdown, pre-coronavirus, before the season got shut down. And all of a sudden, now his shoulder aches when they are in a position. I mean, yeah, they're they're out of it a little bit. They're five and a half games back of the eighth seed. Exactly. Um, they're only one and a half game back of a playing thing, uh, playing tournament, though. Um, obviously if you win your prize is the Milwaukee Bucks, most likely in the first round, you get swept, you know, but I just don't believe, uh, that he's 
really hurt that we've had we've heard nothing of this shoulder injury until today uh, that he opted out and i think it's you know the, what i was saying i was going back and forth on twitter with a few people like the competitive nature in these guys like yeah you probably get swept against the bucks but don't you want to compete and try to make the playoffs and have a chance to beat the best team and try to beat Giannis and, and try to get through to the second round like as a competitive guy and one of the best players in the league like i feel like that's something you need and should try to do uh, what do you think steve all right, let's reverse the roles before I get into my discussion. If Bradley Beal's on the Lakers and Dwight Howard's on the Wizards, what's the situation right now? I think they, I think they flip flop. Yeah, right. You're exactly. Bradley, right. Dwight, go, Dwight, go, Dwight stays home and Bradley goes. All right, so let's not say that Dwight made these decisions for wanting to play. I think Dwight's decision to want to play was the fact is that LeBron James, Anthony Davis, this is his one true cut shot to get an NBA championship. He sees that and good for the Lakers because, I mean, besides them having two of the top five players in the NBA, Dwight Howard has really come and reemerged himself as a He's been very huge for them this season. Very huge. Piece. He takes a lot of pressure off of Anthony Davis for not making him have to play down low. And I think the thing that we saw that was very important was that Anthony Davis learned how to play with another big man in New Orleans with Boogie Cousins. And we saw how dynamic they were. So when you see the way LeBron's able to use the Anthony Davis pick and is able to dish to Dwight Howard underneath the hoop off those pick and rolls and how great that worked at the end of the year, like those two were able to very was, was able to coexist a lot. And not only that, but you're able to take Anthony Davis and not have to put him up against the real tough centers in the NBA. You're able to put Dwight Howard there and allow him to take the pressure off him. And Dwight Howard has been... I, and I think I looked at the stats today, like guys against Nikola Jokic and whatnot. He has been very good defender. If you're anything like me, dental insurance isn't something you think about a lot. However, when the unexpected happens, it can help you avoid a costly dentist bill. Spirit Dental and Vision has dental plans that offer affordable rates and no waiting periods for major services. That means you can get coverage for major services like dental implants, crowns, and bridges right away instead of waiting months for your coverage to kick in. Spirit makes it easy to find the dental plan that's right for you. With other plans, you could run into high deductibles, long waiting periods, and expensive procedures might not even be covered. Plus, for a limited time, Spirit is waiving the $25 application fee. Just use promo code SPIRIT2020 at checkout. If you're looking for dental coverage made easy, visit spiritdental.com slash pod to gain a little peace of mind. That's spiritdental.com slash pod to get a quote in about 60 seconds. Spiritdental.com slash pod. This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit VSPDirect.com today. That's VSPDirect.com. Like, there's no argument yeah. about it. He's been a different player, and, and I think that's Dwight Howard coming back into a different role after basically it seemed like being blacklisted from the league and coming yeah. back in and... And knowing that he's not that Dwight Howard from 10, 12 years ago when he played with Kobe Bryant, he's a different player now. And he yep. had to reemerge as a different player. And, and he, now he's still able to get his points around the hoop. But defensively, 
he's he's still an athletic did. freak too you know what oh, i mean he can still jump out of the gym yeah, people uh, forget like how good dwight howard actually was in his prime he single-handedly took the orlando magic to the nba finals like this guy is i mean if he had a couple championships he'd be a lock for the hall of fame like that's how good he he's been um or is um and like you said he's a huge part of what they do and and I, and I get it. I think LeBron and AD, like you're saying, you know, they, they probably touch base with Dwight and like, hey, we need you and everything like that. But he was really big on those social issues. So the oh, NBA yeah. coming coming forth and saying like, hey, we're going to do these things now. Um, I think that played a huge part into it because if the NBA came out and said, hey, listen, we're not going to do anything, which they would never do because the NBA some way, somehow always seems to figure it out and get it right. You know, Adam Silver has always been one of the best um, uh commissioners in all sports the nfl even tried to get him to go <laughs> go to their league you know what i mean so you knew the nba was going to do something um and i think that played a huge role in, in dwight going down and obviously when you got lebron and ad like you said two top five players in the air saying hey dwight we need you like it's hard to kind of say no to that i think i and i think there was a misconception like when i was watching first take earlier in the day like max kellerman was like this is the dwight howard that kobe bryant wanted to play with and Perk was on that, and Perk quickly got upset, saying, "No, no, 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 no!" Like Dwight Howard, when he came over to the Lakers at that time, yeah, was one of the more dominant players in the league. Like he was the best. He was, he was the best center. He was the best a- center in the league. Absolutely. What you got now was exactly what Kendrick described of himself when he got out of the league. Like Dwight was there waiting for the phone to ring. So when he finally got that chance to come to the Lakers, knowing what kind of team he was coming to, like he accepted the role of what he needed to be about. And that was do whatever it took to be successful on the basketball court, whether that was be around the hoop, rebound and play great defense, take pressure off the Anthony Davis, do whatever he needs to do. And, and on a team that's very veteran dominated, I think it was a very, very easy decision for, uh, for Dwight Howard to make, to come back. But I definitely think for the Lakers, I think that's a huge step in the right direction for their championship hopes this year. Yeah. And like, like, let's not forget, like, I don't think, Dwight's not a hard worker or anything, but that first go around with the Lakers, when you're playing with a guy like Kobe Bryant, who just expects you to do what he do, what he does and expects greatness out of you and expects you to work as hard as he does. Back then, I mean, we saw Dwight when he was with, he was he was like like a kid. He was playing. Um, he had the Superman antics at the dunk contest. He loved to have fun. Um, wasn't always the first person in the gym and the last one to leave, like Kobe was. You know, when you have a player like Kobe who's constantly going at you in practice and, and things like that. Um, he, he doesn't make it easy. Um, and I don't think LeBron leads that way. I don't th- think he's the vocal leader like like Kobe was, kind of like the Kobe MJ getting on you in practice. I think LeBron kind of leads more through his play. Um, and then, like you said, being the third or fourth option on a team as opposed to the second option, it's just a better fit the second time around for him on the Lakers. Well, we saw the way Kobe's relationship was with Paul Gasol. Like, he really respected Paul because Paul would always listen to him. You see the locker room conversations in the back when he would go over those things being like, you did exactly what I wanted you to do, Paul. Like, you followed me in the lane. Like, that was the biggest issue with with Dwight. Like, he could not get Dwight to be on the same page with him. And Paul's basketball IQ was through the roof. Like, he's one of the smartest players there is. That's why he fits so well with Kobe. Absolutely. So th- that was the biggest thing. So like th- they're very different go arounds this time around. So for for Dwight this time around, I think the decision was very, very important for everybody in the making. It's important for Dwight's legacy, for his career going forward, if he wants to have a career going forward. And then it's also important for the Lakers, because I don't think 
they would have been able to win without Dwight because they really do need the Dwight Howard that we saw prior to this pandemic because that mm-hmm. was a that was a revitalized Howard that we saw. A double double machine every night. Yep. I agree with you. Um and as what do you think Bradley, about and as far as Brad, uh, Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Get get into Beal a little bit. And as far as Bradley Beal goes, I think we saw the dominoes falling as soon as we saw Bertans opt out. And as soon as we knew John Wall wasn't coming back, that Bradley Beal probably wasn't going to come back. I think it was only a matter of time. Um, so I'm but not I get like that. I get Bertans right. Bertans is looking for that 18 to 20 million year uh, year contract in free agency. He's one of the best knockdown shooters in the league this year. He's going to get his money, and he doesn't want to risk injury um, in doing so, which which makes complete sense. A lot of guys that are up for contract extensions, um, especially our, even like our guy Jason Tatum, they're risking a lot by going and potentially getting hurt, especially after sitting for so long. Um, and John Wall, it's smart not to bring him back because he's been out for so long. He doesn't want to come. You don't want to bring a guy like John Wall back until he's absolutely a hundred percent. There's a go ahead. You shake. Between, I'll finish after. Shake, shake your head. Shake. Go ahead. Because like you bring up Jason Tatum, there's a difference there because yeah. we know that Jason Tatum would not be coming back unless the Boston Celtics organization said, "Listen, your max contract is already set in stone. You could go break your leg tomorrow. You're still going to yeah. get your max deal this summer." All we've heard, though, lately is the Bradley Beal trade rumors happening left and right after this offseason. If he's going to go to the Nets, is he going to join KD and Kyrie? Like, what's Washington going to do? What's Washington going to do going forward with that team? They clearly can't win with John Wall and Bradley Beal as their centerpieces. So are they going to blow that up? So I think the thing that hurts the most for us is like, yes, like we're seeing a lot of the players opting out that know that their teams don't have legitimate chances to make a run, but it's that spirit that we wish that these guys still had. Yeah, that dude, that said, like that fighting competitors. Like you want to go out there and kick these guys ass. Let's roll. Like no friends. Like, like let's just go out there and let's compete because in the bottom of the East, you have, we'll just go seven, eight, nine, right? You have seven, which is the nets. You have eight, which is the magic. And you have nine, uh, nine, which is the wizards. Um, the Nets are only a half a game ahead of the Magic for the seventh seed. The Nets are going to drop, and they're going to drop hard. With all the players that they're missing, they're missing Kyrie, KD, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Torian Prince today is tested positive coronavirus that he's not going. Like, they can't even feel the squad. In their eight games that they're going to play, they could easily go 1-7 and seven or even 0-8. Oh like, that's how bad that team is right now. And you only have to get – within four games of that eight spot to play a playing tournament. Like you mean to tell me the wizards can't go out there and play and get and gain a game and a half on the New Jersey net on the, I'm sorry, the Brooklyn nets. Like, obviously that's very doable, especially with Bradley Beal, one of the best players in the league and the schedule that they have in the eight games that they're playing. They have a lot of the top tier teams that aren't really playing for much. They're not playing for seating. There's not really a lot of movement and standings that they're playing for. And they're really going to be using these games as just kind of warm-up games to get their legs back underneath them. Probably won't even be giving it 100%. So those are a good chance for the Wizards to steal a few games. You I know mean, what I mean? The Wizards, was the Wizards really giving it 100% during the year? Like, we used to look at scores 100 Of course they were. Yeah, but that's what they were. I mean, they were given – they were the highest scoring defense. team in the league. They didn't play any defense, but that's like – I mean, they they were bad defensively. They weren't big. They didn't you know, care. they weren't a big team, but they were putting up tons of points. They were one of the highest scoring teams in the league. I mean, we were yeah. always taking Wizards overs. We were always taking because they yeah. would score 130 and give up 130. It would Bradley hit every Beal time. 
Bradley Bill would be cooking with 52 and he'd just be laughing down Easy. 20 points. Down 20 Easily. Points. You know, he <laughs> exactly. He but that's care. what I'm saying. Like, look how good Bradley Beal is. He's the type of player that can get you 50. And then you go into a playing game against the depleted Brooklyn Nets where you might only have to win one or two games, depending if you're the eight or nine seed, like that's very doable. And then you get into the eight seed and yeah, you play the bucks and you probably lose, but as Bradley Beal is one of the best players in the league, why wouldn't you want to go try and stop Giannis? Uh, who's the potential back-to-back MVP? Like it just it's- blows my mind. I, the competitive nature in some of these guys to me, isn't there. No, like I said, if he is truly hurt, don't play. If he is for, yeah, exactly. If he's hurt, don't play. I get that. You don't want to ruin your career or whatever. If it's for, the reasons where he doesn't want to be away from his family or the reasons of COVID and he doesn't want to get sick. I understand that as well, but why not just come out and say that if that's the deal, like nobody would fault him and nobody would negatively uh, say anything bad about him for not going because of those reasons. Or the at fact least say that something he's cool or just say something cool. Don't say your like shoulder's what? achy. I got yeah, you know, well, an shoulder or all I don't know. Like, something. like those Bradley Beal, like over these last three or four months, like just ramping it up, getting ready for a return. Like, was no. he in the gym every day? Is that how his shoulder started hurting? Because he wasn't hurt before the season stopped. No. So like even if he guys, a little no. shoulder tweak, he had four months to get better, get get it better and healthy Listen, for this playoff run. It's fine. Like, he can do it. It's his job. It's his job. It's what you get paid to do. The contrast between the bottom of the Eastern Conference and the bottom of the Western Conference is night and day. We're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, this young up-and-coming team who – could steamroll somebody if they make the playoffs because for whatever reason, these young guys are just a cohesive unit and they just want to play basketball right now. And Dude, I look- hate talking about the Grizzlies because the Celtics should have that pick and they were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. And all of a sudden the eight seed in the West, which is not easy to do. And it just but completely fucked us. It screwed but, us as Celtics fans. But John Morant is an all world talent. You know? Unbelievable. You know? Easily, easily rookie of the year. You know, and I mean, and you got Zion over there. You've got Phoenix right there sniffing around the corner. And then well, no, got- Phoenix is Phoenix. So Phoenix, so it's Portland, right? Phoenix is six games back. Phoenix is the longest shot. Well, like Phoenix is like yeah, but they're still fielding a competitive. Te- th- th- those teams are more competitive than the bottom three or four teams in the Eastern Conference. Can we agree on that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I think Phoenix is better than Orlando and and and. Uh... You know, when they're fully healthy and then the Wizards, if the Nets are fully healthy, obviously the Nets are a top three or four team in the Eastern Conference if they're fully healthy. And shout out and shout out in Orlando, like out of all the NBA teams, like they knew exactly that they needed to get their squad in that bubble ASAP. Only team that has not had any positive tests and they're in the, <laughs> and they're in the state. Well, the Celtics haven't had any positive tests until early Marcus. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus po- yeah, but it was back in March. Counts, like that's counts. I mean, I, I guess it does, but recently they have had no positive tests. But it was one of those things that probably made them at least respect COVID a little bit more than the rest of these teams probably coming in, you know, having a teammate that was had it, you know, at least they understood the significance of it. But a lot of these other teams, Orlando has been in that bubble forever, just sitting in there. And that's why, like, if hey, we get to it, keep that thought for one second. <laughs> I got to bring this on on uh, on screen because this is a guy we were talking about earlier about not about forgetting everybody's birthday. He's actually tuning in right now. Look at this comment. He's impressed. He's impressed. Come out. It's a green screen, bud. I can I can actually be anywhere in the world right now that I want to be. Where um, in the world is Mark Belleville? <laughs> and then another one. I mean, I don't like I mean I gotta bring up one more comment from Kamara. He's not really not impressed with the Lakers jersey. He says he doesn't love it. 
But Kamara, it's a it's a Kobe Bryant Lakers jersey. Like you pay tribute to the legends, regardless. You respect it greatness. It is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. <laughs> All right, brother, get back into what you were talking about. But from a betting standpoint, if if I'm looking at early games, like Orlando has taken this way more serious than anybody. Orlando's been in the bubble. They've had their team around each other for the longest. Like I might be looking at betting some Orlando games early on in um, in these uh these quarantine bubbles because I just feel like they figured yeah. it out early on and they've had a lot more practice time with one another down there. So they haven't had to move about everything. They don't have any quarantine issues. They don't have any COVID issues going on. It's right been the now, easiest so. for them as far as travel and everything. Obviously, they live right around the corner. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so they're they're definitely and as an eight seed, like they look like they're definitely going to make the playoffs now. Like there's nobody, there's nobody that sh- I think it's definitely no hands down. Like I said, I think they're going to jump up to seven. Because yeah. of how do how uh, Brooklyn is, there's no. I keep calling them the New Jersey Nets, man. That's when they were actually good. Yeah. Um, but they keep jumping up to. They're gonna jump up to seven because they're only a half game back, and there's just no way. Like I said, like we said Brooklyn can't even field a team right now. There's no way that they make any noise. But at least those guys will play hard, though. At least when Brooklyn puts those players out in the court, at least those guys will play hard. And it's kind of like yeah, and, and, that's true because you're gonna get all the end of the bench role guys and like some G League players. And I'll reference it like like it was great watching some live basketball today. You've got the TBT tournament today, which is the $2 million tournament. And it's basically the yearly tournament that they play every year. And they've actually got these guys in the bubble now down in Orlando playing the tournament. And they do exactly what they're going to be having these NBA players do every day. They do the testing. And what I found out about the testing is they actually spit into a little vial every day. 15 times and they're just not allowed to eat 30 minutes prior to doing that. And really? from what we know as the COVID testing, it was a nasal swab up your nose for 15 seconds, a which deep kind of nasal swab, a deep yeah, nasal swab, touch your brain, but <laughs> which was a lot more invasive, but these guys are just spitting into a little thing. So it's really not that bad. And, and it, it's been working so far. And if you see the way that they're able to do the game and we talked about it last week with, um, Cutting out with the the I think you said it was the the tape uh, delay because of yeah with the thing. with the possibly yeah there might the games might be on tape delay possibly because of uh, the language it. and obviously I mean some of these guys do say it but I mean you hear the referee Dude, yeah. down right away yeah you can hear it and stuff like that but I mean like like I would love that like that's what you want to see you want to see that competitive nature you want to see that schoolyard feel there's gonna be no fans there it's just gonna be these guys pay, playing. It worked. Pick up basketball, you know what I mean? But with coaches and plays and everything like that, you know, it'd be awesome to hear how they really talk and, you know, people get in each other's faces. Imagine having like Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart get in each other's face and just so, listening to that conversation. So the way it works is every, uh, all the players, coaches, and, re- and referees do not have to wear masks. Everybody that is, and commentators obviously don't have to wear a mask, but everyone that's doing video yeah. crew, um, working around the team, they always have to be in a mask full games all the time. So, I mean, the protection for that for everybody is is at an all time high, and hopefully, it continues to work. I mean, so far in that basketball tournament, they've gotten through three rounds, and they haven't had any COVID test positives since it started. So, that's a good sound uh, sight to see. So, so yeah, and I think it's huge for the NBA that the TBT is actually going on before the NBA starts because they can see how they're doing things, and maybe things that the NBA might not have thought of, they can kind of steal and, and pick a few things that the TBT are doing to make their product better and to make it more safer um, while they're down there in the bubble. So I think it's good what the, what the TBD is uh, doing, how it's you know going on before the NBA season. 
And so, anybody wants to check that out, basically it's it's, it's Beheim's army. Are, basically, it's teams that are made up of alumni of like former college schools. So, like Mark said, Beheim's army is all former Syracuse players, and and they also have other teams that are made up of good causes. Like today, I watched uh, a team called Challenging ALS, which is for obviously that, and there's another one. Uh, it was uh, Coaches versus Cancer. Obviously, the name speaks for itself. Dude, is, and, I haven't seen it yet. Is Overseas Elite still in it? Overseas Elite's always in it. One they're a powerhouse, dominant. dude. Last year was the first year they didn't win it. Yes. and They're and, a powerhouse. And one thing I do respect about some of these guys is, yeah, some of these guys do get signed to play, and they do make money if their team wins. But some of these teams are playing for their foundations, too, just for the right to donate the full $2 million right to the, to the uh, foundations they're playing for. Obviously, overseas elites are all former professional players. Most of those players play overseas. Makes sense. And uh, they're brought over to play in these tournaments. So, But it's great to see like former college players that you haven't seen play on the court for like five or six years. I mean, last year I was watching Ohio State. Aaron Kraft was on the court. And you're like, I remember Aaron Kraft from Ohio Aaron State all the time. <laughs> Where's Aaron and, Kraft been this whole time? <laughs> well, Aaron Kraft's been stuck in, in uh, still in uh, Italy because of the, all yeah. that lockdown. So, But we, we talked about it earlier. Eric Devendorf, Eric that Devendorf. guy from Syracuse. And, and he's the same guy. You watch the game. He's diving all over the place. He's doing all the chippy stuff. You watch him play, and you're like, I, I, I remember this dude. You're like, I remember exactly how he plays. He plays the same way. And I love it because those guys, you can't take the college out of them. And what I mean that is they still have that same fire and that same emotion to just play and want to win basketball games. And that's where we reference Bradley Beal, and we talk about these guys. Like These guys are just playing for the love of the game for most of them. Yeah. Ooh, and, no and, pun intended. And, Podcast name. No pun intended. Yeah. I see what you did there. I and, like it. And, and Brad and Bradley Beal is just kind of <laughs> like just picking his spots and just deciding, you know what, the Washington Wizards, we stink. So why go out and embarrass myself and, and, and do anything that could compromise my image and do that? And you know, and I have a hard time respecting that. So but we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now the next thing I want to get into is a little bit of golf. We had some big news with uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who actually won this week, and he's been on the cusp these last few weeks. He's been top five, top ten. We knew he was going to break through. Me and you, Steve, we talk about it every week. We're like, is this Bryson's week? Is he going to break through? He probably put on all 30 pounds of muscle, a million protein shakes a day. This dude's drinking. He's bombing the ball 360, 370-yard drives. He's making courses short. Um and he finally pulled it out when he won. But that wasn't even the biggest thing that happened. You'd think him winning would be the biggest story from the weekend, and it wasn't. Um, Bryson came out and was very uh, contradictive of a cameraman who filmed a bad shot of his out of the bunker uh, and filmed Bryson's um, little bit of an attitude, I would say, he had. He was a little pissed off, and Bryson was walking up to the green after the shot, and the cameraman is following him the whole way there. And Bryson came out and was basically saying, like, why are you following me? Like, you shouldn't be following me. We need to protect the players' images through the good and the bad. Um, you shouldn't be seeing me through, you know, three minutes after I hit my shot. You should move on to something different. Um, I mean, is I mean, is Bryson the biggest bitch that, that we know? Like, he's just – right now, he's just bitching. He's just God, bitching. Like, like, nobody had a bigger transformation after the – the stoppage of play than Bryson DeChambeau. Like he had his little squabbles prior to going in with Brooks Kepka and, you know, him being a little nerd <laughs> and, and overanalyzing the golf game and taking oh. too long in between shots. And everybody was giving him crap about it. And, 
and then he comes back and he's all hulked out and he's just going out there. He's got no ne- he's got no neck down. He's his biceps driving. are touching when he's putting. And like this dude is like, huge. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, this guy's pretty cool again. If you're anything like me, dental insurance isn't something you think about a lot. However, when the unexpected happens, it can help you avoid a costly dentist bill. Spirit Dental and Vision has dental plans that offer affordable rates and no waiting periods for major services. That means you can get coverage for major services like dental implants, crowns, and bridges right away instead of waiting months for your coverage to kick in. Spirit makes it easy to find the dental plan that's right for you. With other plans, you could run into high deductibles, long waiting periods, and expensive procedures might not even be covered. Plus, for a limited time, Spirit is waiving the $25 application fee. Just use promo code SPIRIT2020 at checkout. If you're looking for dental coverage made easy, visit spiritdental.com slash pod to gain a little peace of mind. That's spiritdental.com slash pod to get a quote in about 60 seconds. Spiritdental.com slash pod. This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit VSPDirect.com today. That's VSPDirect.com. You know, and you're, and you're kind of like starting to root for him. And, and then he has this moment, this slip-up, and you're like, Bryson, like, why? Like, like, this cameraman's doing his job. Like, there's no fans around. There's only select amount of golfers that people care to watch on TV right now that get followed by camera people right now. And you're one of them. They want to see you play because of what you're doing. And yes, like seeing some of the raw emotion that you illustrate. I think we saw him hit that 30 foot birdie on 16 to close out the tournament basically on Sunday and yep. how he was, and, and, and people referred it to like a hulked out emotion. He was like, ah! And it, and it was cool, like, you know. And it was like, yeah, he's hulking out right now. Like he's having yeah. that moment, you know. Like we need that emotion from you, Bryce. So to get mad at, the, at first, I thought that like the cameraman caught him doing something wrong in in the uh, off the shot and when I he called him oh. out. When he called him out, yeah, yeah. And I thought that Bryson was getting mad because like, you know the Patrick he, Reed situation where yeah, you're cheating in like, the bunker. <laughs> yeah, he was cheating in the bunker, and and if it wasn't for this guy basically just like zooming in on him hardcore, he wouldn't have caught him doing it. And that was my initial. <laughs> when I found out that he was just mad because Bryson couldn't just like rip off his shirt and just get really upset, and people were yeah. going to be like, "Oh, what's going on with this lunatic right now?" Yeah. Like. Come on. And then his ex. We're going to take the good with the bad. He wants all the good publicity, but not, no, none of the bad publicity. He doesn't want to take it. <laughs> and then his, and the explanation after was exactly that. Like, I just don't think that this cameraman should be able to see my my emotion like 60 seconds after a shot. If, if that, it's like, dude. Like, Bryson, dude, what the fuck is the cameraman going to do? Wait, there's no, there's no, uh, nobody else on the course. Like, there's no on. fans. There's nothing like the other golfer is like way on the other side. Like, who is he going to point the camera at? Is he going to point it to the ground? Like, what is the cameraman supposed to do? He's just doing his job. And in a week where he finally wins, that's what we should be talking about. And and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like him just going back to just being like, oh, Bryson, why? Like, why are you going to be like that, dude? Like, and then one of the one of the craziest thing, one of the craziest things. That blew my mind was when he was talking, he actually actually referenced Tiger Woods and having the camera in his face and, and, and everything like that. Dude, do you realize Tiger Woods has had the camera in his face since he was five years old? 
Like that doesn't affect him. Good, bad. All the sh- Tiger Woods has been through a cheating scandal, like banging girls in Denny's parking lot scandal. Like he's been through it all, and not once has he come out and he has said, "Get that camera out of my face. You shouldn't see me at my worst. You should only see me at my best." It just blows my mind that Bryson would even reference Tiger and that he's even saying the things that he's saying with this situation. And I thought, like we and I and I told you today, like coming into the week, like, or last year, his big thing was he was getting a little bullied. You know, Brooks Kepka was bullying him a little bit. And then today was perfect. Like the Kenny. Dude, can Powers. I just, before you go, can I just, can I get into the, for the people who don't know what happened with the Kepka thing? Sure. Sure. Just so, so a little background on the, on the Kepka, him and Bryce were going back at it through different tweets and stuff. And, and Brooks um, sends out a tweet of his four major championship trophies and said, yeah, I'll just, instead of working out, I'll just hang out with these guys right here and stuff like that. And then, this is what shows like like to me like I think Bryson is kind of mentally soft. So I don't know if you listen, Steve. If you listen to the Four Play Pod by Barstool, but he used to be a big guy on Four Play. He'd be a big guest. He was one of their good buddies. He helped him out. Like they'd go to tournaments. Bryson. They actually brought Frankie Borelli up and helped him learn how to chip and stuff like that. So they were kind of close. Barstool actually came out and those guys came out and said, "Wow, sick burn." by brooks brooks won that battle with that pick of the four major championships and since that moment he hasn't talked to any of the barstool guys he hasn't they've always they reached out for comment and he hasn't you know responded to them so he's kind of soft in that nature but back to brooks and and um and bryson most recently after the win brooks posted a picture or a gif of kenny powers and the but he was roided out in baseball and he was huge so those two have been going at it for the last two years a little bit so that's kind of you know how that happened between those two guys and i'm all for it like if, if golf needs a little, a little golf beef, a little golf yeah a little golf yeah. rivalry right a little you know, beef like yeah you know throw, throw it back at each other you know and, and brooks is on the course this week and bryson's not so you know we'll, we'll see how that goes hopefully brooks goes out and you know reinstates his dominance and, and then we're all back to it but Let's let's try to get into a little bit of the golf talk this week. I know we tried to break it in last week, you know, us being amateur golf betters and trying to figure it yeah. out. I mean, we we mentioned we mentioned uh, one name last week, Adam Hadwin, which I I did bet outright. He ended up finishing T three, so I don't feel terrible about that pick. He did pretty well, didn't win. No, obviously your head was your head was in the right spots. All the research you did obviously paid off. Being T three, he was in contention. He had an opportunity to win, so. And I, and I made and I made a little money elsewhere on like we talked about like how the books offer top twenty finishes, top ten finishes, top five finishes. So like I'm finding ways to kind of like needle around. Like yeah, like you you can try to fi- figure out the long distance bets on Thursday and see the way, and hope that you can hit those long distance shots. But odds are it's just not going to happen. But you can find out little other ways to be able to make a little bit money on these guys. And it's just crazy. Like as we saw a dog crap field last week. Some of these golfers that were 20 to one, all of a sudden in a better field become 40 to 45 to one. And you say to yourself, well, are they just awful golfers or is the field that much better? And then you have to delve into it. Like is, is the golf we talked about last week, the golf course is a little different. It plays differently. Yeah. Like, like, like what's different about the course? Does it fit different golfers better? And, and it does. But this week they're playing in Murfield and 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 this and this is actually a different setup. The PGA has decided to play the same golf course two weeks in a row, which I will say is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I, and I understand that they're trying to cut travel down, but this is the first time yeah. I think I've read and that. It adds another event and you cut travel down with everything, especially for the PJ tour. Who's had what? Six or seven positive coronavirus cases right now. Yeah. 
Yes. And, and my biggest thing was like, I, I think that players should be taking off a week in between events. Like I think maybe like saying like, instead of playing four or five weeks in a row, maybe say, all right, I'll play two. I'll take this week off and I'll jump to that next venue. And then I'll sit over there and I'll quarantine mm-hmm. at that golf course for about 10 days and do what I need to do and get ready for that event. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But my first thing is like, I kind of want whoever wins this week to win next week. Right. Like, like basically, that's so hard to do, man. Back to back on the tour, even if it's the same course, man, it's hard. I understand that, but th- this is when this is when my knowledge comes into play now. Like, so as somebody that's an amateur better, like I've I've learned to go back years and see if there's anything that helps me with the betting. And the one thing I've learned about this course is that in the last seven eight years, a lot of the same guys end up playing very very well here. And there's a reason why that. Like this course sets up very similar to Augusta. So a lot of guys that play well at Augusta play well here. This course is the longest course that they've played at so far this season. It plays at 7,400 yards, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And the one difference between this course and every other course is is that there's the same amount of par fives, yet all that there is now is that they have longer par fours, right? So with there being longer par fours, that means that you're going to have be- guys need to have better, longer iron games coming out of the, out of mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the second shots. So that's kind of yeah. like where longer islands or that hit the ball a, t- a ton, a mile off the tee, where if you have a longer par four and you have a guy like Brooks up there, who's driving at 350, 360, he's going to have a wedge into the green. Yeah. And, and I also wanted to make a point of that too. Like, so it's not all about guys that drive the ball wet, like, deep off these these uh these driving ranges that do well here and and we and i look back at two years ago bryson won this event two years ago before he added all the muscle patrick cantley patrick cantley won it last different so i will say this like it's the same course but it's not the same event right this is the first time this event's ever been played technically they play the memorial every year which is at this course so i get what you're saying by same event but i don't think it's going to be set up the same way in back-to-back weeks like you can all right you can set up a course to play like the course next week at the Memorial tournament will play tougher than the course this week. You can almost guarantee that because the Memorial is Jack's tournament. That's one of the biggest tournaments of the year. It's just a step below a major and a WGC okay. event. You but, know what I mean? But this is this. So this is getting to your point. So you say, how can you change a golf course up in two weeks to be drastically different from one another? And it's kind of like the way that we see golf plays on Thursdays to Sundays. Basically, yeah. they don't touch the golf course. Like they don't mow. They let the green. They let the uh, the rough grow higher. Yeah, that's they're gonna. Do, yeah, they're gonna do the same thing with this. Like that rough from this week's tournament is not gonna be tough touched for the next week's tournament. So that yeah. rough is gonna stay. So like yeah. So like a shot that pin goes placements the, and things like that are gonna be different. Yeah. So a shot that goes in the rough on Thursday might be easier to get out on Thursday than it is on Sunday. We all know that, but mm-hmm. next week that tournament might play with hot with the lower round, uh, with, uh, with scores actually hot, uh, lower because Thursday is going to play harder than Sunday because those greens besides maybe pin placement. I mean, I don't know how much pin placement difference you're going to be able to do. I don't know how many times you can move around a pin placement on a green. I mean, you can move it around as many times as you want. Look how big these greens are. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> you know, think about it. there's going to be eight total rounds between this tournament and the next tournament. You can move the pin eight times. True. They, always do, they do it every day. Every tour. They don't have the same pin placement every day. So they move it four times in a regular tournament. 
So you can just continue to do that, you know, in tougher locations. So, but that that's basically what it is. So this week I, I expect the scores to be higher. And next week, I don't think that the scores are going to be as high as they are this week. And it's for that point. Yeah. Alone. I agree I with think, that. I, I think that everything's going to play a lot harder and people are going to be like, well, how is this course already going to play hard? It's going to be exactly for that. And it's, it's, it, the, and I, and I, and I'm an amateur golfer here. Like I'm finding out putting surfaces are different uh, uh, for every different course. Like there's different kinds of grass that they use. Oh, yeah. And, Yep. Certain and certain golfers feel more comfortable on certain surfaces than than other surfaces, and there's actually stats to prove that. Dude, and I'm reading when you're betting on golf, man. There's so many that you so much that you had to look at that you wouldn't even think of. So this week we're looking at guys that hit the ball in the fairway and that can find the greens. Now, whether they're we want guys that can just get to the green, right? So if they can get to the green and give themselves a chance to score, that's the most important thing. Because we saw a guy last year in Patrick Cantley that was seven that finished the round 17 under uh the tournament, but he had to go eight under in the final round to be able to win that tournament, which meant that he came out of nowhere to I think yep. end of it. I think Kamer was 15 under. But like I said, comeback. but like I said, you have information in the last 10 years that show that a lot of the same golfers have had consistently good track records at this golf course. And then there's a similar play to Augusta about how these golf courses are similar to how each player plays them and how their contrasts work the same way. So Mm -hmm. if Jordan Spieth, which I will not be betting this week, I promise you that could actually hit the ball straight and get to Uh, the greens. I was just going to say that if he can find the fairway, um, and like, cause the biggest thing with Jordan, like recently was in big moments, he was going OB or he was missing fairways when he was in contention. If he's a guy that can drive the ball, cause he's always putted pretty well. well that's um, so, so if he can get to the green and give a, give a shot at birdie and give a chance to score and go low, um, he can get there. If he's always, if he's hitting greens in regulation, he could have a, he could post a pretty good number by the end of the tournament. So where's the value this week? So we said last week, we, w- we don't want to bet front runners because if we're going to bet long shots, we want to get better value on, on our bang for our buck. Because And that's like exactly why we didn't bet Bryson, right? Because yeah, he was 6-1. to And we knew it. We, we called it, too. We're like, Bryson's yeah. going to win. Like, Bryson's going to win a tournament eventually. Yep. And, like, th- that would have been the field to actually pick Bryson because it was a lesser field as far as the competitors in it. And, you know, you would have to put – in order to even make any decent amount of money, you would have to put tons of money on it. Like you said, he was only 5-1, to 6-1. to one. So um, there's a reason we didn't do that. But – you know, but, what do you think but, this week? But he still had to work for it, right? Like he, he did, yeah. It just, it just wasn't handed to him. You know, so he still had to work for it. So we see Justin Thomas at the top at 12 to 1. Eh. I mean, he's probably going to be in contention. And then we see Cantlay 14 to 1, which is probably a product of him winning last year. And then we yeah. also see Brooks Kepka 14 to 1. So the, if I had to pick a guy, a, two of the guys at the top, if I wanted to put a good change of money, I probably would lay Brooks and Patrick. I, I think I'd feel pretty comfortable about yeah. it. But if I want to go back and start looking at the odds going back and, and, and feel better and start gambling a little bit, 40 to 50, like I, I want to look at guys like Mark Leishman. Mark Leishman finished fifth last year in this tournament, had a second round lead in this tournament, 
has had posted consistent top tens this year. I think he's got three top tens. So he's been playing a lot of good, he's been in good form. This golf course kind of fits him well. So he's at 45 to one right now. Adam Hadwin, who we were on last week, if he stays in good form, he's at 45 to one. He's in contention. Another guy that I like that, that I was preaching today was Cameron Champ, 66 to one. I think mm-hmm. I'm reading it in most, most books. I'm really high on him. I think that like, if you put a little money on him, I think he, he could go a long way. And, and, and just because, like I said, our sports book stinks. Like you're putting money on long shots. It's terrible. It, like they don't really <laughs> open up the odds. But if, if you're seeing this from other guys, like you have the opportunity to bet top twenties, top tens, top fives. Yeah. And sometimes you can see a guy that's I think like Norlander, who's I think is like one twenty five to one to win the tournament this week. If you are like on DraftKings and you want to bet him to make a top twenty finish, that's seven to one. That's great value right there. Like he doesn't have to win. He just has to have a top 20 finish. And I like Norlander a lot this week. And and, and he's yeah. very realistic to have a very, very good week. So there's definitely guys that make, can make a good push into this field this week. So I'm definitely looking at guys that can hit the ball straight and have very good long iron play. We talked about a guy last week, Harold Varner. I think I'm going to bet Harold Varner small every week just because he's at the Dude, top. His name's been at the top of the leaderboard every, every week. He he's, been, just, he's been scoring this year. He just can't putt. Like that's his problem. No, no, he's at, exactly. He's at, the, he's at the top in driving efficiency, and he's at the he's at the uh, top uh, one of the tops in uh, greens and regulation. He just misses a lot of these puck. players. They're just like one aspect of their game away, right? Like exactly. they just if they figure out one thing, whether if they figure out how to drive the ball, if they figure out how to uh, hit into greens, if they figure out how to punt, putt. I'm sorry, if they figure out how to, to get their short game, get up and down. It's just like they're just missing that one thing that could really set them over the top and win you a tournament. Some of these, some of these, uh, these golf courses, like you can hit bad errant tee shots, and then you can scramble and find ways to score. I don't think that this is this golf course this week. You've got to yeah. be clean off the tee, and you've got to find ways to give yourself opportunities on the, the putting surface to be able to score. Obviously, the sport par fives, you've got to take advantage of those. The good golfers mm-hmm. will. There's always opportunities to eagle here and there, but if you stay out of trouble and you do what you need to do you'll have a really good chance. So those are the guys that, that I'm kind of leaning yeah. on this week. And uh, I agree with you, man, with the with the Brooks pick. I love the Brooks pick up top uh, for one of the favorites. Well, I like the Brooks pick a little now because if you're going to send out a meme and, and send out a shot at, at Bryson after he finally wins, right? like you yeah, be, you got to back that up a little up. bit. So number one, you got to back that up. We know Brooks is very competitive. Yeah. Like you said, you got to take advantage of the par fives. There's no better player to do that than than – Brooks Kepka, he has one of the best par five scoring averages on tour over the last few years. Um, he hits the ball incredibly long. So even those long par fours that we we're talking about, he's still going to have a low iron into the greens. If he can get there, if he can stay clean, he can drop the ball straight and hit fairways. He should be able to score and go low. Um, as far as like a long shot, I do like Matthew Wolf. He's plus 6,600. Matthew Wolf is coming off a huge week last week. He was 20 or 21 under. He finished. He was right there uh, with Bryson. Um, all the way up until the end, the last few holes. He drives the ball straight. He was hitting. He's been very good fairways and regulation this year. He's got an unorthodox swing, man, but I love it. That little hitch that he has in the swing, but it works for him. He can put the ball. He's been doing good ever since he's been on tour the last couple of years. He's been very, very consistent, making cuts and whatnot. I just like the way he's playing recently. Um, So I think with the value there at plus 6,600, that could be a very good pick as well. I mean, we've seen uh, Wolf. Obviously, he's already won on tour. He won the Division One championship two years ago. He immediately came on tour with guys like Victor Holwood and uh, Colin Morikawa. Morikawa, yep. Great talents. Like the golf game. All three of those guys, man. Great. And and those guys can all be in contention this week. 
I really don't like Wolf as much as everybody else likes Wolf this week. I really think it's going to be hard for him to kind of repeat what he did last week. Do I think that he yeah. probably probably could be in contention? Yes. I'm just kind of not on that train this week already. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that that maybe after a while that playing every week is going to start catching up to some of these guys at, at some point, like with everything yeah. that's going on. I don't know if there's a fatigue factor. Like I said, like I do like guys that are giving themselves like a week off. Like Kisner gave himself a week off. Look at he jumped up and he and he made a good yeah. leader bump. I think Leishman giving himself a, a a week off right now was important. And another guy that I've been looking at, Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry at ninety to one, and this is a course that fits him very very well. I think that's a joke that he's even that high. We're talking about a former major winner. Like he could definitely find him his way up to the top of the leaderboard and he gave yep. himself a chance at Murfield. So it, it, it's going, I, I look forward to it every week. We talked about DraftKings, like if you're not on DraftKings, <laughs> like definitely hop on. Get on it. Cause it's, I just, our, I, just, I just wish our sports book was better. Like there's nothing more American than betting the hot dog eating contest. And all I wanted to do when Joey Chestnut said, listen, I am going to break the hot dog eating contest record. And, and you said, you started thinking, be like, all right, like, why is he so confident that he's going to break it? Okay, he's indoors in an air conditioning setting, so he's not outside. He's not sweating his ass off. He's not dealing with any of that. He's de- he's against less people. He's got more space. So, like, if Joey Chestnut tells you he's going to break the record, you bet Joey Chestnut. Do you think our book offered that? You don't bet against Joey Chestnut. He's a legend. That's like betting against Tom Brady. There's nothing more American. You than don't the, do it. The, it was 74 and a half under over, and he got 75 and a half. And that's why yep. Joey Chestnut, 13 time. 13 time champion of the hot dog eating contest. Like, tell me somebody in. Do you remember when Kobayashi was like the big thing? Yeah. This guy like just blows him away. And and you think about like what those guys have to do to get themselves ready, the regiment. And we started with the 30 for 30 with Kobayashi. Did you see the chick? Did you see the chick? Yeah. The hot hot dogs that she was able to put down. And that was another one. Oh my God. She was like minus 500 mark. And I would never recommend betting uh, somebody that is that ridiculous. When I say minus 500, it's when you put 50 bucks on somebody and you can only win 10. So, like, you don't, you don't, you never do it. (laughs) But everybody that she was against was against the top person had only eaten like 16 complete hot dogs. And she ate 48, and the numbers were perfect. Like they only ate like 17, right? Like it wasn't even close. It was it was a lock. Like it like there was no way that she was losing. There was no way she was losing. There was no way Joey Chestnut was losing. And there's no way that we were losing. But know why? Our sports book stinks, and I'm disappointed that we couldn't bet. You know, so it is what it is. I agree. Yeah. So back to the golf really quickly before we wrap up the golf. So basically, I think we're going as favorites, Brooks Kepka. Even early, like a little bit, even Justin Thomas a little bit, like because you even said like guys that have had a week off. JT didn't play last week, you know, so he could be refreshed. And then as far as long shots, um, like I said, I like Matthew Wolf and your your Leishman, right? Um, yeah, well, I'm looking, I'm looking at matches this week. So um, if if I can if I can find guys that like so guys on DraftKings that I like, I'm looking at Cantlay, Kepka, yep. looking at Leishman, I'm looking at Bud Cawley. Because Bud Coley's had some good success, I think he's a pretty good value. I'm looking at Norlander. I'm Champ. looking at yep, Ch- Champ. I'm looking at Norlander. If I get these guys in uh, early matchups against another player, I'm probably going to look at taking them. Um, I might take some long shots, like small money guys, like nothing. You know, like like sixty six to one. You throw you throw ten bucks on the guy, six hundred and sixty bucks. Like you know that that's not a bad return. You know, and then like we talked about, Hedrick. Agreed. 
We talked about hedging a couple weeks ago. If that guy's trending like Wolf was, I think Wolf was like ridiculous odds last week. You can now bet a Bryson DeChambeau on Sunday and still find a way to make some sort of money for yourself without actually having that guy needing to win. So yeah. the hope the hope is that you you get a guy with great odds. He gets to Sunday, he's in contention, and then you can find a way to hedge out and give yourself multiple opportunities, at least profit one way or another. So that's the that's what we've learned so far. So it was so far in our golf experiment. <laughs> we haven't hit one yet, but we're on the right track. We are. So, we are we are getting there. We've been close. And like you said, the Hadwin pick to finish third, like you're right yeah. on the cusp. You know there's a I mean? lot, there's a lot of great touts out there. And like I said, like whether or not Hadwin won. Or not on Sunday, I bet him top twenty. It was even money, easy money. I almost bet let's him get this straight though. Let's get this straight though, because we have we haven't won a tournament yet, right? A full tournament. We haven't bet somebody on Thursday and won a tournament, but we have bet have won matches. Correct, correct. We right. we once so, found other ways to win money, but we haven't had yeah. that. We haven't had that like that big score, like that I feeling. Like I called it on Thursday, good. exactly. And it was funny because like my buddy told me the other day was like. He's like, you told me to take DeChambeau and Kisner last week or two weeks ago, and then they were one two for the longest time this week. So like, we're just ahead of it a little bit. Like, we see the form trending. And the one thing I will say about what I'm learning about golf is, like, if you like a guy one week, don't completely jump off his bandwagon just because he doesn't win the tournament the next week. Like, if you think he's in good form and you think he's playing well. Odds are, if he has a good finish or he's he, he's decent, he's going to keep playing well. So kind of keep yep. chipping away. That's something that I've learned the hard way. Like that so, takes me back to uh, Daniel Berger. We were talking yes. about him a few weeks ago. After he won, I was like the next tournament. I was like, I kind of really like Daniel Berger, and he comes out and he's the top in the top five for the next tournament. Like these guys, if they're playing well, especially like you said, if they finish well on a Sunday with a good round, they're just going to carry that momentum over into the next tournament. So I agree with that, man. Like, don't be scared. Scared money don't make no money. All right. Remember, folks, they're playing for a lot of money and they want to make money, too. Like they want to make their sponsors look good. So like they're not going to go out there and have a, and have a championship hangover off of winning the travelers or anything like that. Maybe a major, but, but nothing like these tournaments. So if, if you see good form and you, and you, and like I said, there's a lot of numbers, there's a lot of good touts out there. There's a lot of people that, that know their stuff that I've been reading on. Like you can, you can figure out some good picks and, and you know, just keep listening and reading between the lines. And, and like I said, we will get there. We will, this, this show will have a golf winner by the end of this year. I promise you that. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, before we wrap up the show in this uh, little degenerate segment that we got going on here, I do want to just talk about a couple of NBA games. We do have NBA lines, believe it or not. We didn't think we'd ever see those again, but we do have a couple of NBA lines for the first um, games on the uh, July 30th, uh, that Thursday, Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz Pelicans. Currently, the Lakers are a one and a half point favorite. They are minus one and a half against the Lakers, and the over under is 217 and a half. And that Lakers Clippers game, what do you think about that spread? Because we were talking about what we were going to see with spreads with the no home court advantage playing at a neutral court. We thought it could be different. Um, I think they nailed this with this spread, the one and a half. It's basically a pick em. Those teams are very evenly matched. Um, as far as the over under, um, I think I think that's kind of a low over under for this team. But again, these these teams haven't been playing in three or four months, um, so I can see why it'd be lower. And that because you know, I mean, I think these guys are up to form yet. Uh, but what do you think uh, about these about the, that Lakers Clippers game going forward? Well, remember what we've seen so far is the courts are a little smaller, so I think spacing is going to be a little diff- more difficult for these guys. So I think when spacing is a little more difficult, I think it's going to be harder for. Uh, 
these NBA players that are great penetrators to be able to exploit the lane. And I think it's going to be easier for defenders to be able to close up the lane. We talked about backdrops. We talked about how college kids go into big arenas, how they struggle a little bit. Well, now we're going to see these guys go into smaller encased arenas. Like, will they struggle a little bit? So I think what I've read a lot, I think we talked about a few weeks ago, I thought I was going to be, if I was trending anywhere, and I know, I know it's going to kill me because every time you, you, a bucket goes in, it feels like somebody like stabs you with a needle. I thought unders right. were going to be the play. So I'm not shocked by a 217, yeah. a 217 early pick for an under at all, especially when I'm assuming that these teams are going to be using their benches a lot. And I'm sure that it's going to be a lot of high energy early on and a, and a lot of gassed players later on in the game. Yeah. So, Especially in that first game too. Like I think it's going to, like you said, a lot of benches are going to – you're not going to have uh, in a playing like you're going to need like the Clippers are going to need the Montrez Harrells and the the Lou Williams and the all these new guys off the bench. They're going to have to get them playing time. So I think they're going to go very very deep early on, especially with the Lakers, especially in the early game. Like that game between the Lakers and Clippers, like in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really matter for anything. Yeah. Um, what does that exactly, game prove? Exactly, exactly. Like if the Clippers win that game, they're not going to say, "Oh, the Clippers are the favorite to win the championship." And if the Lakers win, they're not going to say. Hey, the Lakers are the clear cut favorite to win the championship. Like it's going to be the same thing regardless of the outcome of that game. But with guys at the end of the bench playing, you know, and a little bit the long layoff, I agree, man. I could easily see like a 102 95 game or even a game where neither team reaches 100 points. I think the only games that I'm going to be betting are the games that where the teams really have everything to play for. So you'll yeah. see you'll see me betting a lot of Memphis Grizzly games. Like I said, I'll be betting Orlando games. I'll be betting. I would have bet Washington Wizards games, but Bradley Beal screwed that up. Any team that has a little bit to gain by winning any of those games, I'll definitely be looking at it. Any team that doesn't have anything to gain by any of those games, I don't. I will not touch at all because I just don't trust how they're going to take those games seriously. And if they win or lose, like, are they really going to care? Like, does it really matter? Is it preseason to them? You know, so, you know, so you're going to see me go after a lot of those guys chasing that eighth eighth seed. I'm going to be looking at those teams a lot to make sure that like, that's probably the games I'm going to be looking at. But if I had, if I had to like look at trends, I'm going to definitely be looking at the totals a little bit and seeing like how teams react to those environments. Yep. And but until until we see those games start getting underway, we won't know. But to bet the Lakers and the Clippers at one and a half, like you're just betting that game just to bet that game. There's no there's no knowledge. Just because you missed, just because you missed it, you want to bet exactly. Yeah. Like basically, you're betting that game basically because you hate one team or the other team, right? Yeah. I like the Clippers. <laughs> exactly. so I'm gonna bet the Clippers I love the Clippers. Play. I think they're better than the Lakers. Let's let's yeah. take let's take the Clippers. Yeah, there's so. there's really there's really no track record that shows you either or that one way is a good pick or another is a good pick. So, like, I really don't have anything to gain, or you don't have anything to gain on on that at all. And I don't think our audience really has anything to gain on that. So, no, I think these first couple. I think unless you absolutely want to bet, and just because you got the itch to bet something. Um, it's yeah. kind of like these early games are going to just be stay away games because there's nothing really to go off of, like you said. I mean, if you had like gun to my head, had to pick something, I definitely would bang the under. Um, I'm gonna bring I this in be. really quick. Our guy Kamaris is banging the under two good defenses, so we both agree with you, Maddie. Um, and then if you like, if you had to pick a team, man, I could, I would, I mean, the Lakers, I could easily see them winning by two, two, three points. Like LeBron is maybe he comes out on a mission and and just puts them over the top. I mean, who knows? But you know, for me, Lakers and under. And one team I will be targeting um, now is Indiana. And I know people are going to be like, well, Victor Oladipo. No, no Oladipo. Okay, what I want to tell people is 
before Victor Oladipo came back, Indiana was 33 and 20. And they were playing. They teams. were a good team without him. They know how to play they, without him for sure. And I definitely think that team's going to come in with energy and already a no two of how to play with one another. So I think that those point spreads are going to be a little contradicting of how they how they should be really priced. So I think you might get a lot of good lines with Indiana early on. So I think Indiana might be a good way to exploit saying to yourself, well, they might not have Oladipo, so that's representing that. But just remember, they played most of the season without them, without him. So. And I'm pretty sure Brogdon's going to be uh, not playing right away too. So, and that was the same case too. Like they played a, little, a good chunk of the season without him too. So, I think that's a good team to kind of look at early on, just from a competitive standpoint. So, from the Eastern Conference, I'm going to probably, if I had to bet any team, it would probably be Indiana, Orlando, and like I said, I'll be focusing on that play in eight seed, go, those teams um, for anything. I definitely think that's that's a good way to go. And uh, last one, Stevie, we got. Utah versus the Pelicans. We got the Pelicans at minus two, two point favorite, and the over under is 220 and a half. I think this is almost the same situation. Obviously, bang the under here. Um, and again, this is the Pelicans, like they're playing for something. Every game matters to them, no matter what. The Jazz, they're just playing for positioning and you know who they play in the first round. The Jazz, chemistry wise. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, obviously, with what happened with the coronavirus, have not seen eye to eye recently, and it's to the point where like Mitchell won't even speak on it. So, I mean, who knows how their chemistry is going to be, and they're going to come out with a Pelicans team who has everything to play for. Um, I could easily see the Pelicans winning this game by double digits. To be honest with you, I really like them at minus two, and again, I, I like the under as well. What's your what's your take on the Jazz and Pelicans? Well, as far as the jazz goes, I mean, we go back to way back to when we first talked about the conversation. Like, we had different points of view about Gobert. Obviously, Gobert looked terrible with that whole coronavirus interest uh, incident early on, and obviously Donovan was affected by that. I don't really know if, if that was really the big issue with the the chemistry. It might have been um, the way that was handled. I also think that Gobert ended up being a martyr for the COVID thing too. I think people took it more seriously because of of that mishap. So. I only think that Gobert can do so much going forward with that. And I hope that people don't continue to hold that against them because I know he made a big donation after. And, and, and if we see anything what's going on in our world right now, there's a lot of people that aren't taking COVID-19 seriously still to this day. So look at, look at where the NBA is going. Look at the state of Florida. Exactly. So I just hope that Rudy Gobert can kind of like move on from that part of it. And, and, and as far as that animosity with Diamond Mitchell, the professional athletes, and the one thing I've always appreciated about the Utah Jazz is that team always plays hard and is always a great defensive team, and they're always very well prepared. And and I and I hope also no Bogdanovich for them either. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a huge part of them this year, and he's not playing. That That's is, another that thing to big, think of a little is, bit. That is a big piece. So, like I said, like like you said, like Pelicans definitely have more to to gain from that game early on. So. And it looked like Zion's in unbelievable shape coming back into this this uh the season right now from the pictures that I've seen him. So so yeah, I mean, if I had to if I had to pick right off the bat, I probably would lean New Orleans a little bit. But like I said, like that's a really tough one to say. And I and I kind of maybe want to feel out the NBA a little bit, like I said, with the format, maybe see a couple games before I hop right into it. So yeah, it, but it is nice it is nice to talk about lines. It is nice to see lines. I'm not, I'm <laughs> yeah. not gonna lie about that. Exactly. So. Like to see NBA lines right now is something we didn't think we'd see a couple months ago. Um is is unbelievable. It's great. It's good just, to have. I just, I just like it. Just feels like it's just such a crawl to get here, right? So, I mean, baseball. We're almost the, there, man. We're almost there. Baseball starting on the twenty fourth, and it's just, it's just every day. 
there's nothing positive though, right? It's just always negative. Like who's net, who's yeah. positive today? Like, you know, like, yeah. And not positive, not in a good way, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, I just hope that like they can continue to like get through this and, and we can all get through this, you know, cause you know, there's a lot of bad, bad stuff going on right now. So I think we all need sports to get back and running because like I said, watching the TBT tournament today, like just watching something competitive, watching, watching golf. We're talking about golf. I can't even believe it. Where, where we have a podcast now where we actually gave 20 minutes of our segment talking about golf betting and, and like in-depth golf coverage. Like, you know, and that's it. also because like for me, like I would do that because like I've always been a golf guy, but but for, exactly. That's what I'm saying for a guy like Nothing. you who hasn't been a golf guy, but has been an avid gambler, like you're finding ways and you're getting it's getting you into these other sports because now a it's the only thing you can bet on right now. Basically, it's the only sport on um, and now you're paying attention to it. And now look, look at you. At- you're you're a golf fan. I'm getting Sundays Thursday through Sunday. I'm getting constant text from you saying. Did you see this guy shot? Do you see what happened on 18? Do you see what this guy did? You know, so you're very involved in it. It's awesome to see, man. I'm glad. I, I follow it. I follow the odds like stocks now, right? You know, like you, you have a stock, you see it go up a penny. Like you get excited, right? It's the same thing with, with the odds coming out on Monday, like, and, and point spreads and sp- any, any sport that you do, like you just kind of want to see how the betting public sees certain guys. It's the same thing with golf. Like you see a guy open up at 70, you see him jump down to 65 to one. Why? Like, like it, my brain starts moving. Like where, where's that information that, why is somebody like going there? It's the same thing with the stock. Like why did that stock move up $2 today? Like some news had to come out somewhere about that. So yeah, like there's always something going on and it's just, I will say with to- golf too, is like, you never really want to bet just one guy, right? Like you don't no. want to just be like, I think, I think Brooks Captain is going to win. Let's put all my money on him. You don't want to put all your, you know, your your money into one basket. You know, pick a few guys. Let's listen to what we said. Pick a couple of fairs. Pick a couple of long shots. Um, it worked out great for us uh, last year. Well, for myself, uh, betting the Masters last year. You know, I bet about four golfers. I included Tiger Woods. He happened to win the Masters, so I ended up winning a little bit of cash. But if I had just bet somebody like say uh, Jordan Spieth or something like that, I would have been out you know, whatever I bet. So going into golf where the fields are so large, anything can happen in the sport of golf. Um, it'd be best uh, to bet multiple players. Treat it, treat it like a roulette game. Like, like treat like the, or the Thursdays is like, you're betting a number, right? Like the 35 to one odds, like do that. And then as the weekend goes on and the odds start grow- tightening it up, like treat it like red or black at that point. Like that's when you start betting heavier. That's why like when we talked about betting Bryson at six to one, you have to put substantial money to make any money on that. When you're betting guys at 50 to one, you throw 10 or $20 on them. It's $20 to win a thousand dollars. If you throw $20 on Bryson at six to one, it's $120. So if you're going to bet Bryson and then you're going to bet those other guys, basically you need Bryson just to wipe out your other debt. So you, you got to find other ways to be able to capitalize on the game itself. So that's kind of why you do it. So it's kind of hard to bet those top heavy guys, but you know, some weeks, you know, you got to do it if you got to do it. So we'll see what happens. And like I said, we're, we're still trying to figure it out too. Like I'm not saying this is perfect and at all, but what we are saying is we are on the cusp. Like we are we're right there. It's dart throws, baby. Like, yeah, we're like, we're like right there. So like, if you're watching this and you're listening to this, yeah, me and mom want to write some of this stuff down because I mean, we're not going to make you rich, but you know, we might put a little money in your pocket. Cameron Champ, remember the name. 
<laughs> All right, Stevie. Great episode, bud. Um, we'll be back again next week uh, with another episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Um, my handle is at love of the game underscore MB and Steve's at S Lewis five, six, five, six. We're always posting updates with the show. And um, if you guys want to tune into more live episodes, we'll always be letting you know when we're going live. Um, so make sure you go follow us there. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, and until then we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Ciao. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 18 and episode one of our rebranded podcast. Like I said before, guys, we are going to be more well-rounded and talking about all sports and, of course, sports betting. So I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Make sure to give us a follow. You can follow myself at lovethegame underscore MB on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow my co-host Steve Lewis at slewis5656 on Twitter. Hopefully you guys can catch one of the live shows. Stay tuned to our Twitter pages. We'll let you guys know when we're going live to do episodes and you guys can interact with us, ask questions, whatever a question you have, we'll answer live on the show and whatever ones we like the best, we'll bring on to the show as well. If you guys are listening to this, the audio version, please make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on all your podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio now. We are everywhere. Leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. We would really, really appreciate that. It helps us make the show better for you guys to listen to. So with that said, we hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back next week with another episode of For the Love of the Game. Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in-store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in-store for details. Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in-store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in-store for details.